Now, arterial blood gases. Arterial blood gases um, is one of those topics in the ankle that we have to have adequate ideas about it. We discovered that uh, the blood to create buffer in the blood, buffer zone, to create that free zone in the blood, it requires just a small margin. It is that margin that creates the buffer. It is just point, less than point one zero, Because uh, if you look at the arterial blood gases, there should be a buffer zone to be created for it to be at equilibrium. And that buffer zone is between 7.35 to 7.45. That's the buffer zone between the blood pH, between acid level and the base level in our blood. Now, our body has its own mechanism to use to lower the base level, which is called alkalosis, or the acidic level, which is called acidosis. The body has different mechanisms. Of those mechanisms the body has, the body looks mainly on the lungs and the kidneys to create equilibrium in our body. Looking at the lungs and the kidneys, mainly, the body comes to deal with acidosis, a low pH, and alkalosis, a high pH. So the blood pH, if it drops below 7.35, Below here, it becomes acidosis. And if the blood pH goes above 7.45, it becomes alkalosis. This is, this is what I want you to remember. Every time the blood pH, normal pH is between 7.35 to 7.45. Anytime the blood pH goes above 7.45, it is going towards alkalosis. If it drops below 7.35, it's going towards acidosis. That is important. Now, um, the anchors will ask us these questions with disease conditions or with numbers. They might give us some lab values, some other conditions, disease conditions that they will ask us what the client is experiencing. And that brought me to give you a couple of disease conditions. I did not stop there. I told you what are those indicators can give you an idea that the patient is having respiratory alkalosis or the patient is having respiratory acidosis. And I want to also explain about the metabolic alkalosis and, meta and, and the metabolic acidosis. Because I don't want you to stop when you get to the end test. I want you to see the condition and know what the condition is to be able to define or to be able to categorize the blood ABG deficiency. That's what I want you to do. And I went on to say, in respiratory acidosis, in the condition, in the lungs condition that is marked by airway obstruction, that is marked by airway suppression, wherein our air exchanges in our lungs, between our lungs and the atmosphere, if it is not conducive, if it is not feasible, those conditions will fall under respiratory acidosis. In the condition that's going to cause airway obstruction, what happens in there is the airway is being obstructed and our body cannot put out those acids. What's the acid? The acid is the CO2. The, 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 the CO2. Now, if the body cannot put out the CO2, meaning it will accumulate within the body. Once it is accumulating in the body, it's going to cause acidosis because CO2 is an is an acid that the body does not need. So as it accumulates, it builds up and it causes acidosis. So once you are not breathing well, once your breath rate are not having the full depth of breathing, of gastro exchanges, there is something that is being trapped in your, in your air or in your lungs. It builds up acid. And when acid builds up in the body, it leads to respiratory acidosis. That means if you are not breathing well, you are definitely not having acid being put out. So if acid started accumulating in your body, it drops the blood pH. So when that pH is dropping, definitely you are having respiratory acidosis. That's what happened in there. Now, um, these are things 
you will try to remember very well for the English. Now, if I don't know whether you read your book or not, if you read the book, the book talks about respiratory acidosis. The book says description the total concentration of buffer base is lower than normal, with a relative increase in hydrogen ions. Thus, a greater number of hydrogen ions is circulating in the blood than can be absorbed by the buffer system. If the acidic color of the blood is more than required or is more than requirement, it leads to acid increment. And an acid increment in the body will lead to acid doses or a little drop in the pH. And when the pH drops, our body pH drops below 7.35, we are heading towards respiratory acidosis. Now, um, it also we want to say now there are conditions that lead to respiratory acidosis. What are those conditions? It gave us some other causes. It says in respiratory acidosis is caused by primary defect in the function of the lungs. When there's a lungs defect, which will lead to changes in, in uh, changes in respiratory exchanges, this will be regarded as a respiratory acidosis condition. It falls under that particular aspect when it comes to respiratory acidosis. Now, any condition that causes an obstruction of the airway or depresses the, the airway can cause respiratory acidosis. That is just simple. Any condition that causes respiratory depression, respiratory obstruction, it leads to respiratory acidosis. So you think about it. What are those conditions? Now the anchors will not show you this condition. Any condition that will create our lungs not to have the full capacity to exchange ga gases between the lungs and the atmosphere, that condition will be called respiratory acidosis condition. Example of this condition you have one, you have in the case of atelectasis. So what happened in the, in, in the case of atelectasis? Uh, in, in, in this condition, there is excessive mucus collection within the lungs. Now, in the case of atelectasis, mucus is uh, a, a mucus is kind of like a collector in the lungs, and the lungs has a problem. Now, in this case, our lungs cannot. Our lungs cannot go through to, to, to go through the uh, the, the main exchange of, of of gases. Gases gets trapped in, and when you are breathing because of the mucus in the lungs, you cannot breathe well. You cannot catch your breath. So that is a typical example of respiratory acidosis. Now, like in the case of brain tumor, when you have brain, what's happening in brain tumor? In brain tumor, there is excessive pressure that is placed on our respiratory system in the brain. When that occurs, our the center for, for, for breathing in the brain cannot go through its normal process. And in this case, it leads to respiratory acidosis. It, it causes acid to build up in the body. And as it is building up, our pH is dropping below 7.35, which leads to respiratory acidosis. Another condition is you have or uh, you have bronchitis, you have emphysema. You have hyperventilation, you have pulmonary edema, you have pulmonary embola. All of these conditions are found within the book. I wonder whether anyone took the time to look at these conditions in the book. And the book you have, it is the single most complete English material you ever see in the US. It is the single most complete English material. And I will keep saying this, if you read this book every day, you will read new things in it every day. If you don't read it every day, you will not see the new things you want to see. And you go to the ink class, you'll see new things in the ink class. This is very important to look at this book. Every time I discuss a topic, I reference you to this particular book. I will send you there to look at things in this book. I will say, okay, go to this book, go to this, go, go to this topic and look at it. I want you to look at it and see every wording and look at every nursing intervention under this topic. It is important. So if you look in the book, you have several causes of these conditions. Those causes, you're going to see asthma. You'll see atelectasis. You'll see brain tumor. You'll see bronchiectasis. You'll see central nervous system depressant. Those drugs that will cause CNS depression, 
can cause respiratory acidosis. So in this case, they might give you some medication in the ankle and they will ask you what this drug can cause acidosis or not. And they wouldn't take the drug class. And you have to see the drug, you know, this drug is a CNS depressant to know that it causes uh, respiratory acidosis. These are ankles tips that you have to understand to know how to move forward. Now, you also have hyperventilation. When these conditions arise in our body, they lead to hyperventilation. Any condition that leads to hyperventilation is going to cause respiratory acidosis because when you have airway obstruction, you're going to eventually have hyperventilation. So every hyperventilation condition in our, in our body, it is, an, it is a clear example of respiratory acidosis. Then you also have pneumonia. In pneumonia, when the child has pneumonia, what happens to the child? The child cannot breathe well. The child, when the child has pulmonary edema, the child cannot breathe well. When, the, when someone has pulmonary embola, the person cannot breathe well. All these conditions that will impair breathing capacity in our body, they are example of respiratory acidosis. So you do not have to memorize these ones. You can, all you do is, if you know what is, uh, what is uh, pulmonary embola, you know how it comes about, you will know definitely how, whether it is respiratory acidosis or, 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 or respiratory acidosis. If you know the part of the physiology of pneumonia, of bronchitis, what happens in bronchitis, you do not have to memorize these things, this condition under a particular group of pH deficiency. You do not have to. Because when you see them, you will know exactly what's wrong, what's happening, and you will know where to place them in the ankles. Now, so you can go ahead and look at this condition under here, and you will see them. And even the book went to work and gave you a lot of them. They are in there. So if you read them, you will know them. They will move to, re move to respiratory alkalosis. We say in respiratory alkalosis, which is the opposite of respiratory acid acidosis, the pH is going higher above 7.45. So at that point, the pH is having increase in bicarbonate in the body, which is HCO3. So in that case, the pH is having increment in bicarbonate. Or the patient, when the patient has increment in bicarbonate, the patient is having increased pH. Bicarbonate will increase the pH of the body. And as the pH of the body increases, we, our body is moving towards respiratory alkalosis. Now, any condition in our body that results into hyperventilation, that stimulates our airway system, that stimulates our breathing, is leading to respiratory alkalosis. Any hyperventilation condition will lead to respiratory alkalosis. And in the case of asthma, for example, asthma, there is an airway obstruction. That's why you're getting wheezes. Our airway gets narrow. That condition will fall on our respiratory acidosis because it is narrowing the airway. That is airway obstruction. Condition like anxiety, when you have, most of get you scared. What happens when you breathe faster, right? So when you are breathing faster, you are hyperventilating. In that case, that will fall on our conditions or on like, like such will fall under or, or, or respiratory alkalosis. So any hyperventilation goes to respiratory alkalosis and any hyperventilation goes to respiratory acidosis. So I want to be clear on this thing to know exactly what we are into when it comes to the ankle. These are simple conditions. When these conditions come in the ankle, they should be a gift for you in the ankle. You do not have to like think about it. When you see them, you know them. And with my ankles, I pray that I should get this condition. When, when this condition came to me in the ankle, I, I, I didn't even like waste my time on them because I was taking like, like three, three seconds to five seconds. I will answer because these are these are conditions you just scan with your eyes. You see them and you pick them up. Even when the values are given in the ankles, the values are given. Just look at the value, you see which one going in the same direction. You pick it up and you dog it. That's how this should be simple in the ankles. Now, also in this condition, like when a client has hysteria, 
high overventilation. All those conditions will lead to hyperventilation, which will fall under, under respiratory alkalosis. A client had a motor vehicle accident and a client is having tachycardia. What is the client moving towards? That client is in pain. And when you are in pain, you have fast heart rate, you have fast breath rate. That means when you are in pain, you are moving to lower respiratory alkalosis. This is how simple I want these things to be when you see them in the end class. Please. Now, um, so we have these conditions and you have so many examples in our book. We have so many examples on the internet. You have so many examples on Pinterest. You want to go ahead and look at this condition and see the intervention. When a client has respiratory problem, what are the intervention? If a client has respiratory acid, uh, what do we do? We monitor for signs of respiratory distress. We administer O2 as prescribed because in this case, the client is having airway obstruction. O2 is not being sent to the lung because the, the, lungs is being, the lungs pathway is being obstructed. So in this case, O2 is not going in, CO2 is not coming out, it's trapped in. So in that case, we need a machine to forcibly send in O2 so that the blood can have good perfusion or good oxygenation. That's why you have to put in O2 or else the patient, the patient is going to go into depression. You don't want uh, uh, into respiratory suppression. You don't want that to happen. That's why when the patient has this condition on a respiratory acidosis, the patient needs to get on O2. You want to also, for a patient with this condition, you want to make sure the client is placed in the semi-fowler positions to grasp air. You want to make sure the client is encouraged and assisted to turn, to cough, to do deep breathing, to help to clear the airway. You want to make sure the client is pre you are prepared to administer respiratory treatment, the prescribed ones, those ones that will clear the airway, the bronchodilators, the hydrocort or the, or, or, or the corticosteroid to help to clear the airway. You want to give this medication the ventolin, the arbitral. These are, these are things that you want to be able to administer when the client has airway obstruction. They are very important and they are in our book. Encourage the client to drink enough fluid because at that point in time, the client will have increased mucus secretion in the airway. The more fluid we, in, we take in, the thinner our secretion becomes in our airway. And that can help us to, uh, to expel those secretions within the airway. We want to make sure the client, suck, the client is suctioned well. The client airway is suctioned well to remove every mucus secretion that is being accumulated in there. We do our cough assist, our chest PT to move the mucus in the air, uh, to move the mucus in the lungs in the central airway. We use the cough assist. The last time I put on this book for you look at cough assist and chest PT. I guess if you look at it, that's fine. If you didn't look at it, please do. Now, you want to reduce the patient activities to, to, to improve, to, to decrease the patient being restless. You, you want to improve that. You want to cluster up a patient activity when the patient is in distress. The more activities you give to the patient, the patient becomes distressed more. You want to decrease patient activities to increase the patient's breath rate. If you do that, you are helping the patient. These are things you want to put in place for a patient who has such, such, such condition. You, you want to monitor the patient's electrolytes values. Like the potassium level, the potassium, potassium is very important when it comes to this problem. You want to monitor the patient's uh, level of potassium. Know the normal values of potassium. It is very important in the English. Know your lab values. You want to administer antibiotics for respiratory infection. You want to also prepare to do endotracheal intubation. If other methods have failed, then we want to put in what? Endotracheal intubation. Tracheostomy comes in if other methods have failed. You remember we talked about this method, we said if the client cannot, if this method we try to put it, if they cannot work for the client, what do we do? We go in and create tracheostomy. That's what, that's what we have to do. The nurses will go in and prepare the patient for endotracheal intubation. The last time I gave you all these, all these indicators from stage one to the stage last. And I told you what we're supposed to do in every stage, in every stage of, the, of, 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 of respiratory depression. 
So you have to look at these things. You have to know as we move ahead, you have to read them. And the only way you're going to know it if you read it one or you read it more than one time. If you go two, three or more times, it sticks in the head. But if you just read it one time, it's not going to stick in the head like how the anklet wants it to be. So we have to look at these things. Prepare the climb for mechanical ventilation and mechanical ventilation if the CO2 levels are lower than 50. If the CO2 level is lower than 50, in this case, you want to prepare the patient for what? For mechanical ventilation. These are very important things. Once the CO2 is lower than 50, if it goes below 50, in this case, for the CO2, patient must start to get prepared for an endotracheal intubation. Because that means the level of the CO2 is going below normal. They are hyper, they, they, uh, they are having so much problems. So in this case, what can help them is no longer, even the old cannot help because the lungs airway, the lung pathway is no longer patent. So in that case, they need, they need to have endotracheal intubation. If the, client if the client has a condition that causes an obstruction of the airway or depresses the airway, or monitor the client for respiratory acidosis. Simple as that. If the client has respiratory alkalosis, we want to go in and monitor for signs of distress. You want to go in and, and, and do uh, emotional support and reassure the client. You want to encourage appropriate breathing pattern. If the client is having hyperventilation, you want to go in and educate the client on effective and good breathing patterns. You want to assess breathing techniques and breathing aids as prescribed. Most importantly, most importantly, if the client is having hyperventilation, I repeat, most importantly, if the client is having hyperventilation, which is respiratory alkalosis, you want to educate the client in holding their breath because if they keep breathing out, they are they're going to keep having low level of CO2, which is not good for them at this stage. This is where you can ask the client to take a paper bag, put it in the nose and mouth and breathe in there and re-inhale the same warm breath they are putting in there to save them. Now, so you... you, you you want to provide use of a rebreeding mask as prescribed. We talked about rebreeder mask. We said rebreeder mask is the mask that the client will breathe in one third of their exhale air. We said it just just a couple of days ago. We said in in the case of rebreeder mask, the client has a bag on the side rebreeder mask, and the client will, ex will inhale one third of his or her exhale air. So when these things are occurring, we have to remove them. So in the case of hyperventilation or respiratory alkalosis, we still need a rebreather mask that the client will use to breathe in and inhale that and, and inhale the same breath they have put out. And we then said provide carbon dioxide breath as prescribed. That is when you want to get the people back. So if the doctor say, okay, the client has this condition, provide the client with carbon dioxide breath, how do you get it? You give the client a, a paper bag, the client puts it in mouth and nose, they breathe in it, and you, they inhale it back. So if you have a client driving somewhere, the client had a panic attack, what will you do? If you don't have a bag, get even your hair cap, get a plastic bag, and the client put it to the mouth, to his mouth and to his nose, as he breathes into it, you will re-inhale this exhale air he's putting out. The client needs that particular exhale CO2 at that point, or else they're going to collapse in your hand. So you want to provide the client this, provide caution with the client on ventilator so that they are not forced to take breath too deeply or rapidly. Your goal is the client not to breathe very fast. That's your goal. You know the client will be taking deep breath because the client will put out more CO2. The goal is to preserve the little amount of CO2 in the lungs. That's the goal. And by achieving that, using the box uh, or using the bag to, to their mouth and nose to breathe in and re-inhale the exhale air. That's the goal. Prepare to administer 
calcium gluconate. Why? Because the client who is on this, who is having this uh, respiratory alkalosis, this client will have, uh, they will have, uh, this client is going to have problem with the potassium, and that's why when the client has this condition, you got to monitor the client potassium level. So if the client is having potassium problem, you want to go in and administer calcium gluconate. So these things for the client. Now, you go ahead and look at metabolic acidosis and look at metabolic alkalosis. In metabolic alkalosis, um, there is a buffer of base that is lower than normal rate. In this case, there is an increase in hydrogen ions in the body. In this case, it will result to loss of too much base or retention of too much acid. Either the base is not being lost, but the acid level is being retained. This will still lead to metabolic acidosis. Now, in this case, um, don't look at food condition. Look at diabetes mellitus, or in the case of diabetic ketoacidosis (DKA). In this condition, there is an insufficient supply of insulin to the blood cells. In DKA, in diabetes. Uh, uh, in diabetic cases, there is an insufficient amount of CO uh, of insulin that is being supplied to the body. Now, when this happens, it leads to an excess ketones being accumulated in the blood. The ketones level goes up so high in our blood because the insulin cannot work, or the cells are not reacting, or the cells are not responding to the level of C of, of insulin in the body, which will create more sugar in the body which will build more ketones and the client will go into what dka that's what happened in this case so in the case where our body is failing to metabolize certain electrolytes and the input of those electrolytes will lead to acid accumulation those conditions will be referred to as metabolic acidosis simple as that examples include the dka example include when like malnutrition in malnutrition our body is not breaking down the proteins the carbohydrates the fat and other food we eat so in that case the we are going to have excess amount of food or nutrient that the body will not synthesize or that the body will not metabolize and once those nutrients are not being metabolized by the body the cells will not use them and the cells are not using them they remain in the body as an excess byproduct of the body, which build up into acid. And if this is the case of metabolism, then we think of metabolic acidosis being, being increasing. So they are in our book. An insufficient supply of insulin in the client with, with, client with diabetes mellitus can result in metabolic acidosis known as DKA. Simple as that. If you look in the book, you will have half fat diet. A client is consuming some half fat, so much oily food. What's the client is at risk for? The client is at risk for what? Metabolic, uh, metabolic acidosis because the client, they have fat. If you eat fat too much, the fat cannot be broken down in the body. It, it makes us have big belly, big body, and we have all this uh, cholesterol getting high and high and high. Cholesterol is a byproduct of fat, fatty food eat. So when this happens, our body is not metabolizing the fat we eat. And in as much our body cannot metabolize the fat we eat or any nutrient we eat, it leads to the bill of acid. Acid is a byproduct the body does not need. Acid is a byproduct the body does not need. And in this case, if it builds up, it leads to metabolic acidosis. In any condition, it could be important problem. When a client is having, like in the case of a gout, while we having excess uric acid being accumulated in the body, that condition will fall under metabolic acidosis because in that case, that is uric acid. Acid is being built up. We eat too much protein food that contains uric or that 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 contains uracil, and the uracil is not being broken down. And due to it not being broken down, it leads to metabolic acidosis. So just remember, in metabolic, acid, in metabolic acidosis, 
is a failure or it is an obstruction to the breakdown of nutrients. In respiratory acidosis, it is also a failure or, a or an obstruction in our airway. So when you hear the word acidosis, it's about the failure or it's about an obstruction, be it metabolic or respiratory. It is an obstruction of a normal process in our body. Let's look at uh, metabolic alkalosis. In the alkalosis, there is a deficit in carbonic acid, meaning there is a low amount of acid in our body or our base level has increased. So once the body has a deficit of carbonic acid, meaning we do not have enough carbonic acid in our body, our base level will go up high. And as the base level goes up high, our body moves towards metabolic or um, move towards metabolic alkalosis. Let's look at some conditions. Under here, metabolic alkalosis results from a dysfunction of metabolism that causes an increase in the amount of available base solution in the blood or decrease in available acid in the blood. Now, example is diuretics. If we take diuretics, we lost hydrogen ions and chloride from diuretics. So, if we urinate too much, now we are having some problem. Dysfunction of the body that leads to excess removal of certain things in the body will lead to uh, will lead to uh, metabolic acidosis. If you take diuretics, what happens? You urinate faster. You put out more urine than normal uh, than what we expect normally. That is an example of what metabolic alkalosis. Now. Excess, excess vomiting or GR shortening leads to excessive level of hydrochloric acid, hyperaldosteronism, aldosterone, aldosterone regulates sodium. So if you have increased aldosteronism, what happens? You are going towards metabolic alkalosis because in that case, it regulates sodium, which will cause a problem. That problem will be called respiratory or metabolic alkalosis. Now, under here also, injection of excess sodium. When you have sodium in the body, you inject it too much. An increase in the amount of base in the blood. This will increase the amount of base in the blood or the amount of bicarbonate in the blood, which will lead to metabolic alkalosis. Massive transfusion of whole blood. The client took too much blood product, the whole blood, which contains the, pla the plasma, contains the red blood cells, all the other blood, the fibrinogens and other things are in the blood cells. They are in high amount and it took more than, uh, more than required. The client got transfused more than required, more than the required volume of blood. It leads to metabolic alkalosis. Now, um, so, monitor the client experiencing excessive vomiting or client with GF suctioning for, for symptoms of metabolic alkalosis. A client who is throwing out, who is vomiting, that client is putting out essential amino acids, uh, essential electrolytes, which will lead to metabolic alkalosis, which will, which will lead to the build-up of base in the body. So in that case, the client is being exposed to metabolic alkalosis. You want to take your time and read these things in the book. Take your time and have them analyzed step by step to understand what I'm talking here. Just by saying, like, saying it here, you sit down and listen to it, it wouldn't make the amount of sense that you're supposed to make rather than when you sit, sit down yourself and analyze it. I have said it once. You understood it from me saying it. To be able to comprehend and stick with you, have to go take your time and read them line by line to understand and try to like make sense out of what you're going to see in the book. When you feel confused, which I guess you're going to feel, which, which, which I guess you're going to feel confused, call me or you text me. Now, now, uh, another thing is, don't look at, don't look at the interventions. The, there, are, there are interventions that I want to look at before coming to the question and answer period. Um, the intervention. Then look at the case of metabolic as uh, uh, metabolic uh, acidosis. In metabolic acidosis, you want to give the client insulin. If the client is having DKA, give insulin 
to the client as prescribed to hasten the removal of glucose in the cells by decreasing the amount of ketones in the blood. But in that case, you are immune to insulin, but it's not our priority. Our priority is to immune fluid to further up provide dilution to the blood cell before we can administer insulin. Yes, insulin can be administered, but we must first of all administer uh First of, all, first of all, administer uh, a fluid before the insulin in the case of DKA. Now, when the glucose is being properly metabolized, the body will stop converting fats to glucose. Because in the case of uh, DKA, the body is converting fats into glucose because the glucose in there, the cells are not using the glucose because the insulin cannot work on them. Now, when the monitor the secondary collapse caused by uh, polyuria, which may result, just a guess example, just a guess next intervention for, in the case of a, uh, in the case of uh, a DKA. Now, so in the case of kidney kidney disease, it also leads to uh, metabolic acidosis. And in the book, you have the intervention for this condition in the book. They are all in the book. In the case of metabolic alkalosis, also the interventions are in our book and it is a need that we look at this condition one at a time to understand the causes and how they're going to happen as we go along question and answer now so in abgs i like to use the room method the arrow ome simply means arrow stands for respiratory the O stands for opposite. The M stands for metabolic. And the E stands for equal. This simply means you are taking into consideration these two values. Now, these are two values that will always give us a great understanding of the client's condition when it comes to ABGs, arterial blood gases. In this value, between these two values, we are looking for two things. Whenever we have problems, now in, in the end class, there are other arterial blood gases values that you will get to know. But in interpreting these results, they are not important. There are two that are very important, and these those two that are important are the pH and the PCO3 are the two most important things I'm looking at in this particular abgs now um, uh, between the two you have when you have, when you are given a value the first thing you want to look at is whether they are equal equal means all the ph and the psu they are moving in the same direction if the ph and the co2 are moving in the same direction mean they are equal mean they are increasing they are equal that means if they are equal meaning it is metabolic because metabolic equal so in metabolic values, they will be equal. The two values here will be equal in, in, in metabolic condition. Or you are looking at the result where the two values in here are opposite. If they are opposite, that means opposite means the pH is either coming down or going up, and the PCO3 is, is going up. So they are not moving in, in the same planes. So if they are now moving in the same planes, it becomes opposite planes. So opposite will be equal to uh, respiratory condition. So any of the two values that goes in opposite direction, they are definitely referred to as, uh, as respiratory conditions. So in a sense, if we are given, if we have various results for ABGs, and the pH and the PCO3 are moving in the same direction, meaning they are equal. This means they are metabolic conditions. If they are moving in opposite direction, meaning they are not equal, meaning they are opposite. That means they are respiratory conditions. Is that clear? Now let, let, let's look at let's look at a few examples. So I will leave this here. Let's look at a few examples. So we have a pH of 7.2. A client has a pH. Of 7.2 and a client has a PSCO2 a, a PSCO, P, PCO3 of 24 
what is the clean blood arterial gas level? Or what's the, what could be the, the, the client ABG reading? So the client has pH of 7.2 and PCO3 of 24. Now, in this case, we look at the pH. Our pH normal value is 7.35 to 7.45. The PCO2 is what? 20, uh, is 35 to what? To 45. Now, in this case, we look at the pH. Is the pH going up or is the pH lower or higher? So it means it's coming downward, right? Now, so we have the value of the pH. The pH is coming downward. Then we'll look at the value of the PCO3. Is 24, is high or low? So it's lower, right? So what does that mean? The two values are what? Are going downward. So they are lower. So if they are lower, mean they are equal. So if they are equal, that becomes what? Hold on. Metabolic problem, right? Now, that's the first portion. The second portion is what it is uh, meta, uh, uh, what is acidosis or is alkalosis. In order to answer that, we look at only one. Which is the pH? So the pH is 7.2. It is high or low? It's low, right? And we say the pH is low. It's called what? Acidosis. So in this question, the value we have here, it is metabolic acidosis. Does that make sense? Let's look at some other. Let's look at more. Now, I'm going to go away one more time because I know that there is some other confusion that we want to clear so there are rules i wrote in my last group um the first rule is you look at look at both ph and y and pco3 right that's the first thing you want to look at the second thing is um you want you, you want to find out what are they are um, equal, which means moving the same direction, meaning they are what? metabolic, right? Or what they are opposite, which means they are moving in opposite direction, meaning it is respiratory condition. Our third one is. We look at the pH. We look at the pH value to see two things. One, if the pH is low, it is what? Acidosis. B, the pH is high. If it's high, it becomes what? Alkalosis, right? So this is the simple rules that you need to read and remember very well. Let's take a couple examples. A client had a pH hmm, of 7.96, right? And the client had a PCO3 of 48. What becomes of the client ABGs? The rule one says, we look at the both for the see what the look at the pH and, and, and CO2. We have seen all two is now point is seven point nine six and and and, and seven point and, and sorry and forty eight, right? Second say are they equal or opposite? The pH is seven point nine six. It is high or low? It's high. A PCO three or forty eight, it is high or low? It's high. So it's high, right? Now so we have also that the two conditions, the two values are moving in what? In the same direction. That becomes what? Metabolic because they are equal, right? Now, the next question is, we look at the pH to see whether it is low, meaning it's acidosis, or if it is high, it's, it's a, the pH, is it, is it low or high? It's high, right? So that means we are having metabolic alkalosis you see in there so the first thing is you look at the two values they are moving the same direction 
or they're moving in the opposite direction are the first thing. The second thing becomes whether the, if, the, if, you, if you find that out, you wonder whether it is the, whether the P is high or low. The P is high, it is alkalosis condition. If it is low, it's acid, acid, acidosis condition. That's how you find out about these things, and that's how you go about doing it. So you need this to do more questions and have more understanding. Let's do one to see what are the problem. Yeah. So the pH cannot can the pH the pH will not be normal normal limit, and that's the point I'll kind of kind of more, and that's why we have a normal line that gave us the absolute zero. There is an absolute zero, and that's why I don't want to teach you today because I, I I don't want to conflict. But I want for us to go home, look at these regular ones, master them, know the rules, and come back tomorrow and do the other ones. These are regular ones. That I want to look at and just see them tomorrow. Come tomorrow, they have one that comes in normal line. In the normal line, we have an absolute zero between 7.35 and 7.45. Between here, there is an absolute zero here. There's zero here. So, anything that fall after this zero going to, to this side is still regarded as high, it's still alkalosis. Anything that fall below the absolute zero. Going towards 7.35 is still regarded as acidosis, but for that, let's table it and do it tomorrow to know because that will require numbers and numbers become problematic if we don't answer it from a numerical point of view. So let's leave it like this there'll be a normal line, there'll be an absolute zero, there'll be why there's an absolute, there's an absolute zero because there'll be questions that are going to come in the end class. That will be what you're talking about. You have a value that falls between the 7.35 and the 7.45. How do you address that? Will become our topic tomorrow. Is it compensating or not? That will become our question. Our next question. So I want you to look at these examples. These plain ones. These are plain ones. They are very plain. And for the LPNs, you have most of these coming in your test, not the other harder ones. For the RNs, you have some that will be complicated. So these straightforward ones are meaning for LV, LVN or LPNs. So when, when you have when you have it, I want to write this thing down. The first thing you look at is the PAPH and the PCO3. Are they equal meaning moving in the same direction? Or are they opposite moving in the opposite direction? That's the first thing. When you get that, if they are moving in the same direction, it becomes metabolic. If they're moving in the opposite direction, it becomes respiratory. The next thing is the pH. Is the pH going up higher or coming down lower? If it's going up higher above 7.35 in the problem, it is alkalosis. If it's going down lower below 7.35, it is acidosis. These are just great points I want, I want to remember as we go along. And we have to remember these things for the anklets on a very serious note. We need to remember them for the anklets because we need these tools to use in our anklets. Let's do one question on uh let's do one more question and see now so we had a problem right a ph so we had a ph we had a ph of uh 7.4 i'm sorry we had a ph of sorry look what a ph of a 7.1 and we had a pco3 of 7.85 What's that two blood gas? The first thing I ask you to do to look at the two values that are moving in the same opposite direction. The pH and the, and the PCO3 are they both moving in same direction or opposite direction? That's the first opposite. question. Why opposite? Because the pH is why it's coming lower because our normal pH is 7.35 to 7.45, right? That's our normal pH. So any pH below 7.35 is a low pH. So meaning this pH, this 7.1 pH is a low, it's coming downward. Now, another way to get it easier, the easier way is at this point, when they're coming downward, we know it's acidosis already. And the first thing there. Now, is the PUCO3 going upward or coming downward? 
7.85 is it low or hard the pco the pco3 yes so it's what it's high it's high i'm sorry man sorry sorry it's it's sorry i'm sorry it's it's 85 i'm sorry 85 85 because the pig cannot be someone yeah it's 85 i'm sorry so if we have 85 and 7.1 something one is low it's already low 85 is what it's high right so it's this this is going on high so the two arrows are they going same or opposite if the opposite is is called what? Now, the P then go the the pH high or low? If it's low, below some point three five is acidosis. So in this condition, it's called respiratory acidosis. So we see how we go about getting these answers, and that's how I want us to look at these things and do more. And now uh, we have to do more because. If we don't do more, we will not understand the rationale for these answers. We have to look at these things. We have to put our time to it. We have to sacrifice. There are a lot of questions in our English. In our when you bought the when you bought um, the Sanders book. In this book, there are several 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 questions online in the book. It's not only you who will give you all the answers. Or, or, all the tips you need. These books have some important things that you need to know. You have to read a question and answer in this book. You have to better understand the question in this book. When you read a topic, do the question in the book. This question in the book tells you that you've understood the topic you've read. If you cannot answer this question, meaning you've not understood the topic you've read. And you need that. Please. The English is not a haphazard game it's a full-time persistent game we, we, we play with the ankles if we keep pressing forward we'll get to the ankles in a piece if we don't we'll get it in pieces and you want to have an absolute control over the question and answer in the ankles you want to approach the credit the ankles in a good fit with so much confidence as you answer you move ahead your confidence intensifies and you understand more and more and more as you move ahead and that's what you need please you need this so we're going to stop there for, for today and we'll come in tomorrow to do the second portion of this abg any question